This is Shift Run Stop, a fun podcast about games and cultural stuff and comedy and interviews. Hello. Hi. God, we've had a lot of sweets or are about to have. <laughs> In the weird timeline of Shift Run Stop that we're recording this after the bit that we've just recorded. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm really sugary now. I'm, I'm looking forward to feeling a bit sick from having too many sweets at some point in this episode. <laughs> Need to lie down later. Um, but first, uh, what's coming up? We've got uh, Lee McGuire uh, with his lovely festive snack. Yeah, can't wait to see what's in his sack this week. We've got a quiz. I've written a quiz. Oh, that'd be good. Um, yeah, it's quite um, quite geeky. Yeah. Probably only works if you're over a certain age. Some of the questions are, are quite uh, retrospective and about the early 90s. The younglings might struggle. Yeah, but, you know... They've they, still got their youth. They have they have everything else. Yeah. Let, let, let us have this. <laughs> um, yeah, so a, lot, a good Christmas episode coming up. All of that. Mm. Uh, and uh, happy Christmas, listeners. Yeah. It's been uh, it's been not a very shift run stop filled year, but we've enjoyed ourselves. Remember last year we said we're going to do one every month? We, we did. In 2012. I hope we didn't promise anyone that. Maybe in 2013 we can do more than three a year. Yeah. Sure it would be at least four a year. You can probably manage to up it slightly. I've written us a, a Christmas quiz. Have you? Mm. I thought I could ask the questions now, yep. and then we could maybe go through the answers at the end of the show. Like one of those data blasts. Yeah, a bit <laughs> like a data blast. Were, were, you, were you the kid who could decode the data blast? I never tried. Because... Because I had a very rubbish VCR, <laughs> and and I just used to time the pause button, right? Because I couldn't I couldn't frame advance, oh. so there was a lot of rewinding and pausing. I didn't even try that. I just button. let it wash over me. I thought what? subliminally I'm going to take oh. in all of these. <laughs> um, quiz us, oh mighty quizmaster! Quiz the quiz. Yeah, we nearly got off topic there. So the way this will work is we're not going to include the answers until at the oh, end. Is that at right? At the end or? of this episode, I thought. Yes. But yeah. 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 Okay. Good. Uh, in the, I, I within this episode, yeah. yeah. So you don't have to wait, but because I thought if I if we do it so that we put the questions out there, we'll just get inundated with people saying actually I think you'll find the answer is something yeah. else. Uh, we'll get that anyway. But um, <laughs> science fiction questions um, Go. in the eighties TV series The Tripods, what alarming thing happens to all teenagers at the age of fourteen, after which they are never the same again? And the second science fiction question: Who wrote the books that The Tripods is based on? Who wrote, third question, who wrote The Hunger Games? Name one of the satellite dishes at Goon Hilly. What was the first graphics software for Windows in 1989? And what was its distinctive logo? In BBC Basic, say in Mode 5, what colour would you get if you wrote the line code colour 1? In BBC Basic, what is indicated by the command VDU29 followed by two numbers? <laughs> Which computer language am I speaking in now? And what will I have done by the end? Line one, home. Line two, pen down. Line three, repeat 360. Line four, FD 0.5. Line uh, five, RT1. Line six, end. Which company made the paint box program in the early 80s? And what sort of things was it used for? Who designed the first Acorn microcomputer, the Acorn System 1, in 1979? Which popular 80s home computer did Margaret Thatcher present to the Japanese Prime Minister in 1983 as a symbol of British technical prowess? What is the name of the dinosaur in Super Mario Brothers? What are the nicknames of the four ghost-like monsters in Pac-Man? Which remarkably beautiful game from 1991 had the following in it? 
a teleporter, a swimming sequence, a sports car, a moon, and a lion. Which Lucasfilm game from 1990 was inspired by a classical ballet? Describe some of the disasters you can unleash on your populace in the original 1989 SimCity. Um, two more questions. In Lemmings, what did the button graphic of two footprints signify? And finally, which video game series had a comeback in 2011 after promising to return since 1996? Ho, ho, ho. It's the Shift Run Stop Christmas special. Hello, this is regular listener Paulie G wishing Layla, Rue and all Shift Run Stop listeners a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. May all your SCART cables remain correctly seated, all your last-minute internet Christmas gifts arrive on time, and all your snacks be suitable for human consumption. I'm expecting that the lost Fitbit will be just sort of a standard experience that everyone has had, you know? Like just a mundane comedy observation. (laughs) You know, like missing socks... It will be it will be like missing Fitbits. Yeah. I don't know. Or like there's always a Fitbit in the bottom of the sink when you finish washing up. <laughs> <laughs> you never see white Fitbits anymore. <laughs> it's snack time, and Lee Maguire is here with his bulging sack of festive delights. He's got so much stuff for us today. It's brilliant. Hi, Lee. It's nice to see you again. Hello. I, I always like the uh, bulging sack introduction. <laughs> brings brings uh, Viz comic to mind. <laughs> is that one that we've used before? I think it probably is. I, I think so. I think I remember. <laughs> I think um, it might be a reference to uh, something that I once heard on children's television and probably you shouldn't have done. Maybe it was Jimmy Savile. Who knows? (laughs) Oh no, everyone's going to have to go back through Jimmy Savile videos with a fine tooth comb and uh, and work out what he was actually talking about. I think that's exactly what's been happening. But it's not a subject for (laughs) humour. What, is it too soon? It's too soon. Lee, what have you got? Um, well, first thing here, I've got some Haribo Jellicons, or Jelly Gel Icons, um, which are, you know, in the grand tradition of Haribo, just kind of like in- injection moulded jelly shapes. <laughs> you know, we, we know what to expect from the flavour. You know, it's it's Haribo. It's basically the, the difference here is what does it look like? Yes. And I, I have a I have a sort of like personal uh, guidance in that I won't eat a Haribo unless I can tell what it's supposed to be. Ooh. Oh, that's good. I mean, it's not really a nutritional guideline, right. is it? But it's, you mean the flavour or the uh, No, no, the what, what the shape is supposed to be. Okay. You sort of, it's sort of like a little self-administered neurological test. <laughs> can I recognise that this is a shape of a human face? Right. Yes? Have a sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> so take us through some of the shapes in, uh, in these new Haribo... What are they called? Um, gel, gel, gel icons. Which appears to be a sort of um, an attempt to do extended Unicode... Uh, <laughs> In jelly form, so so there's that as well. <laughs> uh, you're definitely going to have to explain those to yeah, us. Like okay. Them. Well, you, I don't know if you remember the '90s. I mean, it was it was a time ago. But when when the internet uh, in the late '90s, when the internet became sort of very fa- very fashionable thing, right? Um, you you used to see at symbols on, on things that did not have at symbols before, right? Uh, uh, in some kind of like weird tie-in to the brave new world of the internet that was that was sort of like hammering at our doors. Over the last decade or so, it turned into text speak right. as well. Right. I think um, Love Hearts uh, started yeah. including text speak. Yeah. Are like, on at me, at reply me. <laughs> yes, well, back in the nineties, Love Hearts me. included things like Page Me, but I, th- I suppose every few years <laughs> oh, they must wow. update it. They That's must like, change their. Did, they, did Love Hearts ever had a f- have have fax me? <laughs> me. Yeah. I hope so. 
But hang on a minute, Grandad. Isn't there a thing called emojis now, which yes. is very similar to this deal? So maybe they're emulating that rather than a sort of obscure reference to nineties. Um, <laughs> no, no, I'm, 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 I, I, I was alluding to the alluding to the history of sort of like weird tie-in products with cultural phenomena. Yes. And emoji, it has been sort of incorporated into the uh into the extended unicode set now right. so they're real characters they're not just wacky japanese mobile phone things yeah yeah it's they're like, absolutely yeah. real as long yeah, as your font uh, supports it then you're okay well if your font doesn't support extended unicode yeah i, I think that's that's basically your problem <laughs> <laughs> take one at random and see if you, if you can work out what it what it is what did you get I, i've taken what i thought was a fried egg and it is a, a smiley face with hearts in, in the eyes instead well, of people so we have things mm. like lol and omg there's a there's a hash symbol here i love that there's a popular hash. now with the uh, the youngsters or the hashtag as i like to call it indeed is it I, I like yeah the, well i have no idea I, I refuse to eat those ones because I'm not sure. <laughs> can't tell. I'm not sure what it is. Well, this one I it think looks, like, looks a, like a little lipstick. That's definitely a lipstick. It, the, the one that we're confused about looks like it, almost like a little lightning bolt, but all vertical, like a Christmas tree. <laughs> it's the only way I can describe I, it. I, I have I, stab, stabbing weapon, maybe. I don't know. I, that that one makes no sense to me. I, I was actually looking through, um, seeing if the, if they had the uh, uh, the most popular. Uh, emoji code and that being the uh, the smiling pile of poo oh, yeah. so so maybe that's what it is lovely or, although I'm although just eating it <laughs> i can confirm it is flavored smiling or steaming it, yeah well it's steaming um mm. technically it's um in the unicode standard it's merely pile of poo right um the fact that it's got a happy face on it on, on iphones okay I think that's merely a, a flourish <laughs> on behalf of Apple's... Um, to make it more appetising. I don't know. More, more attractive. It, it's almost like, here's some shit, only joking. <laughs> <laughs> These jelly cons have woken me right up. <laughs> yeah, this is working, isn't it? Let's eat more. <laughs> I'm fully sugared. Um, so we've got a, an Apple, not, not recognisably the Apple of Apple products particularly. It lacks it the, the, the bite. bite yeah. yeah, it lacks the bite. Apple well, you can, you can fix that. Yeah. It's <laughs> a very precise biting for such a gummy sweet, I think. There's a question mark. That's quite a nice one. You could just carry that around with you and put it in front of people when they're confusing you. Um, Hide it in places around Gotham City, perhaps. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Where did you get these? Uh, these these ones are from Tesco. Okay. What's next? Um, we could try this one. So we've got the um, fantastic brackets, Mr. Brackets, Foxes, <laughs> Magnificos. And they are... Are these biscuits? What are they? They're little um, snack, sort of biscuits that you would get at somebody's party in a bowl if you went round there. Little tiny biscuits the size of crisps. Mmm. They're all right. Nice and savoury. Uh, sort of a cheesy... Not as spi- I was expecting them to be more hot, so it says chilli and lime. It, yeah, it claims to be red chilli and lime, but to me that's a very nice cheese flavour. Mm. Yeah. I think I would uh, hover around the bowl at the party that had these mm-hmm. in. Mm. For the life of me, I can't remember if, we, if we've had these already before um, these are nuts. smoked chili coated nuts from walker's sensations now i think we've not had them but we have had nobby's nuts have we not oh yeah we quite probably have had nobby's nuts. No, <laughs> nuts. i think we did we had some we had some fancy nuts last christmas when we interviewed we had some spiced nuts heston's spiced yeah nuts. we did oh, have heston's right. nuts they were good the steph, steph pos yeah okay so let, tell us about sensations branded what are these mexican smoked chili them. Not sure about these 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 Mexican uh, smoked chili ones. Again, they don't really taste at all 
hot and spicy. So there, there's an alternative flavour, the Chinese Sichuan pepper. Um, so this one claims to have a spicy citrus tingle with cumin, and apparently the uh, the, fla- the uh, outer coating is a rice flour coating. Mm. Of the two, I think I prefer the Mexican smoked chilli. I prefer the other one, I think. Oh, do you? Mm, I wow. think the flavouring flavorings are slightly more interesting. So, uh, consumer tip, if you're having a party, get both. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what they want you to think. So we have, uh, we have listener contributions. Mike Reeve has been kind enough to uh, provide us with some Icelandic sweets. Now, oh, 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 here they go. They've come out already. I was going to try and read them. them. Oh yeah, he's he's had a go on them already. It must be <laughs> it must be said. Okay, we go. <laughs> got some sweets oh, there. Wow. Some they look amazing. Hearty, uh, and there's also there's a third a third bag. Should we start with these because they they look absolutely brilliant. They're yeah. they're like white. Um, what do they look like? They look like bonbons. They do almost like but those shiny bonbons. They're yeah, like unpowdered bonbons. Yeah. But then they've been coated with they've something painted, like plaster. They've been painted with a gloss, a white gloss paint, <laughs> such as one would do on skirting boards. Imagine um, a white bonbon that's been PVA glue coated <laughs> and then left to harden. Exactly. It's like <laughs> or um or Tipex. Mm. Uh, and they're called um Juper Juper. Um, I'm sure that's how it's pronounced. Oh, it's bound to be. As did a, did you ch- check the pronunciations before? I just know. I just have a sense for these things. So it's a um, D-J-U with a grave accent, P-U-R. Mm. Um, it seems to me to be a white outer shell with chocolate and then licorice inside. God, these are really nice. These are, these are definitely a bit licorice these ones. I don't know how to pronounce this. Mon dieu. Oh, French accent. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Mon Dieu. Le- Leila's, Leila's got Icelandic completely nailed now, so she's yeah, yeah, try. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this is an M, an O with an umlaut, uh, N D L U R for those uh, Icelandic listeners following along at home. They're um, very pink. So these are slightly more elongated, almost yeah. peanut shaped, almost. So they're, they're very hard. Or jelly bean. Oh God. Oh wow. That they- was Leila's tooth. <laughs> Yeah, it's like um, very hard toffee in a pink sugar shell. Great. And it's very hard and crunchy. It's not as strong licorice taste as um, as the other ones. Are you sure it's licorice? Where are we getting licorice from? I don't know. Just oh, Iceland, I, I thought suppose. You were, I thought you were certain that it was licorice. Hmm, does it not have a licorice flavour to you? It does to me. Oh. I'm getting a slight licorice flavour. Maybe, yeah. It's like a licorice flavoured toffee. Mm. Mm. The final uh, sweets from uh, from Mr. Reeve, Ryoma Kula, R J O with a acute accent, M E K U with a grave, L U R. Kula, I think you're fine. Kula, Kula, and these apparently are um, caramels. Chocolate caramels. They look from the outside and the packaging. It looks like they might be Maltesers or something like that. But I bet you they're not going to be like Maltese. <laughs> Take it carefully. Crunchy. If I were you. It's got that dime bar like <laughs> solid toffee interior. But dime bars are nice and thin, whereas yeah. this is a like a whole mouthful of <laughs> hard caramel toffee. It's like a trick Maltese. <laughs> <laughs> Put them in revels and see how many mouths you can break. Nice flavours though, just quite um mm. quite tricky. The chocolate's really nice actually, mm. uh, milky. Sometimes foreign chocolate. When we tried it on this program, we we haven't quite had the taste for it. It's been we, awful. <laughs> Put it that way. <laughs> Why? <laughs> but those are good. Mm, mm. Thank right. you, Mike. That was lovely of you. Mm. 
seems extraordinary. Computers can express the whole of human knowledge, which we will symbolise by a pair of spectacles. I've got a present for you, actually, Leila. Hmm. Well, I, I say I've got your present. Benjamin Hendy, who, it turns out, lives in Southampton uh, yeah. and listens to Chiffron Stop, has sent us both a copy of his new book that oh. he's written. It's called How to Fill a Black Hole, uh, and it's a book for 9- to 14-year-olds. Um, so that's very kind of him. I, I should be able to read it. Yeah, that's about my level. I quite like um, books for young, young children, young people. It looks very nice. It's got a nice um, Hitchcock sort of cover, which is very stylish. It's beautiful, um, and it's, uh, it's a sci-fi book. He's also said that anyone who uh, listens to Chiffron Stop and wants a special discount code to get £1 off the book can do that. Now, I don't know how this will work. Presumably, yeah, listeners can get in touch, <laughs> yeah. uh, and we'll get in touch with, with Ben Hendy and sort that out for you. Mm. I'm sure that we'll, there'll be some fulfilment process for a voucher. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you, Ben. I'm really looking forward to reading it. Great, yeah, brilliant. Oh, on the subject of um, listeners who've sent us things, I had a few emails with suggestions for dog names, um, which I forgot to say. Um, Did you know? The one that I remember somebody suggested calling it Commodore. That's a good name for a dog. Quite a good name that for is a dog. nice. It's quite long, though, so you couldn't really shout it if it was running away from you. Commodore! I think you could. <laughs> I sort of looked to the distance towards the imaginary dog. Well, I, did <laughs> I also, I don't know if you noticed, I also moved the microphone away from my mouth. Oh, yeah, oh, maybe that was oh. what the stance was about, I see. Getting, <laughs> some, getting some distance. Uh, oh, somebody else suggested the Russian dogs that were sent into space, like Laika and, and the other ones. It's a good name for a dog. It's very good, but I think it would make me too sad, right. to be honest. because they all died. It's really sad. <laughs> it's not funny. Um, well, no, it's not really, is it? No. Hmm. It's just horrible. So somewhere in space, are there still dog skeletons flying around, or did yeah. they come back? No. Well, I know that they, I know they didn't bring the dogs back alive, but did the um, did the capsules crash into the sea at some point, or did they just stay floating around? I don't like the idea of a know? dead dog floating around the the um, upper atmosphere. Uh, maybe they escaped and and started a new colony. I think that's what happened. Yeah. On the dark side of the moon, where yeah. the Nazis live. Where no one's ever been. So thanks, listeners, for that as well. We've had yeah we've had a few listener contributions to the last episode, I think. And how's the dog going? Um, I it's at the moment it's sort of on hold because I keep having unexpected expenses. Right. Um, well, not unexpected really, but I just I'm getting other stuff done first. You keep spending it's expensive, money. Expensive, yes. But I think um, perhaps in the new year, when all the big money things are out of the way, I'll start looking again mm. but I'm sort of on pause at the moment uh, so to speak <laughs> on pause on pause oh Layla um, but yeah I still I still do want a little dog or something but I've been looking at other animals too mm. I, like, I tried to get a cat from the RSPCA and they said we don't rehome to your road because it's too busy your um, road is too busy to yes, have a cat yes too likely to cause It'll, problems yeah he'll basically get hit by a car wow so, so they said what if you didn't let the cat out of the house is that not something you can tell the RSPCA they don't approve of it right yeah, don't I, do that you have to tell them but they won't yeah they won't rehome to me um, unless it's a special needs cat they wow call it not, not very politically correct but that's what mm. they call them a cat so, that, that probably isn't going to run across the road. Yeah, like a one-eyed cat or a deaf cat. Right, or, or a cat in a wheelchair. A three-legged cat. <laughs> so I, I have been thinking a bit about getting a special needs cat. <laughs> or just an indoor cat. <laughs> I could make it a little wheelchair. Tying the cat to the radiator in the living room so it can't go out. Yeah, so any other animal names or animal suggestions, I'm, I'm all ears. Should we talk about our adventure at the weekend? Yeah, we went to Boring, Boring 2012, 
which was really good fun actually much less boring than it sounds it's a conference um dedicated to things that you think are boring in the world and possibly turn not out not to be so boring yes when you know a bit more about them and you obviously shared uh, something that you've talked about on Chiffron Stop before, which is your collection of uh, photographs of IBM tills. I started out by sharing my photos and delivering the rules, the system that I've created around taking pictures of these and the map and stuff. And then looking back at why, why is it, how did I start getting into this and why am I so interested in IBM? And it turns out that, as I think I mentioned before, I used to live near a major IBM plant in Scotland and everything was IBM and everyone worked at IBM. And I had IBM posters on my walls and things mm. like that. So um, I think that's what's influenced that. But um, yeah, it went down well. It's, it's, and the whole, I think, like the whole day was good. Like most of the talks were really interesting. And Rue, you talked about your collections. Of um, course I did. I loved your um, Lego studio. Thank you. That was fun. <laughs> that was a, uh, yeah, it got a laugh. Yeah. Um, quite a lot of the things Rue said got a laugh, which <laughs> I got the sense that Rue wasn't quite expecting people to find it quite so funny. But I think it wasn't like a mocking laugh. It was like a laugh of uh, bemused, stroke, impressed, stroke, <laughs> just amazed. Um, I think a slight horror in some people's <laughs> eyes. Um, yeah, Rachel, uh, my wife, came along to Boring as well, and she said on the way home that it was only seeing me talking about my collections in public that made her realise just how bad I am. Mm. But yeah, it went down really well, and mm. the Lego studio was probably the highlight for me in that mm. it's the thing I'm most proud of in all of that, and, and the thing I love oh. showing to people and making them making their eyes uh, just bulge very, very slightly. <laughs> because it is a spare room that's mm. packed you know, three walls of storage uh, yeah. just completely filled with Lego, uh, which, when I think about it, not everyone has that. That's quite <laughs> rare. Uh, yeah, I mean... Obviously, knowing you and your collections quite well already, I don't, I don't have that sort of um, outsider astonishment to the same degree. Still a little bit. Like I was surprised when I saw the studio because I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know about that until recently. I got the in- impression that the crowd found it really surprising just seeing like you're in the fridge flicker group and things like that. Where I just think, oh, that's a normal thing to do. You just right. make a funny flicker group. And, and, you know, and I think some of the people in the room have similar. Exactly. Yeah, there are similar collections and similar yeah. um, kind of obsessive tendencies definitely you know definitely yeah. not an obsessive compulsion but there are definitely mm. obs- similar people in the room mm. and then there were some normal people mm. and i think it was uh, a lot of the normal people who were most surprised mm. by some of the very strange hobbies that were going on i think the thing with me and you is that we don't necessarily look like train spotters when you just sort of see us going up on stage <laughs> and it's a bit confusing and surprising to people the degree to which we're capable of taking these things. <laughs> person looks normal and yet has a very weird hobby. <laughs> how can they, yeah, and it just doesn't compute for a while and then eventually they realise that the world isn't quite how they think and you can't necessarily judge on, on appearances. Well, people will often ask me, um, you know, they, they point to the fact that I have a job and they'll <laughs> ask how do I get to do all the things that I do yeah. in my spare time? And I, I suppose most of that is about spending small amounts of time on a lot of different collections mm. and hobbies. And um, part of it's probably about not watching too much telly. Mm. You know, in, in recent years, um, I actually went through a period of not having uh, TV at all. Mm. And now when I watch TV, it's something that I want to watch. Yeah. Even if the thing I want to watch is rubbish, like I'm a celebrity, mm. at least I'm choosing to do that mm. rather than just watching whatever's on. You actually get quite a lot of time back mm. by making those little decisions. Mm. And I feel like I have a lot of free time, really, even though I also do quite a lot of other things. <laughs> so it's, it's not that hard to find the time. Hello, this is Simon out of Trev and Simon. Sorry Trev can't be here today, but he's dead. This is Shift Run Stop.
Uh, there's oh, more. I bought. I bought one. I bought one of these, which is uh, the new Cranberries Crispello, <laughs> which is a little bit like a um, Ferrero Rocher in a in a sort of like handy kind of tillside pack. Have you tried these yet, Leila? The Crispello. No. So I. I'd like to sound it though. They're, they're quite uh, well. I won't. I won't. Uh, I won't spoil it. But um, I bought one the other day and. I was uh, insufficiently in control of my own willpower. <laughs> <laughs> so I ended up eating it, uh, and then I forgot to replenish it. So I'm glad that Lee's brought this along, because I think you're, it's basically aimed at you, Leila. It's aimed at me, yeah, okay. It's a, it's a girl food. Right, yeah. I can see oh, oh I see. It's, it's, like, it's like anti-Yorkie anti in <laughs> yeah, that respect. Yeah. There are only three pieces in the Crispello. Well, that's perfect. I just realised. And they're not attached. They're just three separate um, sort of... Uh, caskets. Chocolate. <laughs> yes, they do. They look like miniature urns, don't they? <laughs> the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. <laughs> they should, that's how they market this to boys, you see. They say, <laughs> if you're a Nazi, it'll melt your face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I'm afraid to bite into it now. <laughs> discover where the Layla's are. <laughs> don't look. Mm. Oh, good, good crunch, though. Yeah, it's got it's good, um, good filling, completely full of some sort of praline stuff. Maybe it's... Yeah, you, you should... There's three here, so you, you should all have one too. It's slightly too big to eat in one, just put in your mouth, but it's slightly too small to hold on to for very long. You say that, Leila. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's perfect for popping in your mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you had a delicate lady mouth. Mmm. <laughs> it's quite nice. It does, it does taste a bit like a Ferrero Rocher who's had the nuts taken out. <laughs> <laughs> no... Have you had mince pie yet? No, actually. I have. Have you? Yeah. Or uh, this today? Uh, no, but last last week I had uh, my first mince pie. It was delicious. Was it? Was it a homemade one? Oh no, it was it was a shop bought one. And then I bought a box of them. Have you seen this in Sainsbury's? One pound for a box of six mince pies. I, I have not. However, wow. been on sale you, you kids better eat these because I went to Waitrose Special. Oh my goodness! It's the Heston Blumenthal Spice Short Crust Mince Pies oh, that I tried to get last year. That is I have achieved special. mince pie. Thank you so, so much. I just wanted to say about the packaging and how it looks. It's beautiful. It's like black with gold embossed Waitrose lettering and then the picture looks like an x-ray of an orange. It's <laughs> <laughs> really very beautifully done. I don't have the receipt with me, but I believe that it's four mince pies for roughly about four pounds. Oh, blimey. Oh, these look incredible. Wow. Oh, get the camera, Layla. Look <laughs> yeah. at that. I mean, what... Oh, What's Lee, that? you're going to have to take us through this entire well, process. Presumably, <laughs> presumably, these are normally intended for uh, for baking, right. and uh, and so you you put the sugar on. What? Uh, what sort of like bake over? Is it half cooked? I don't know if these are. These I think are they're okay. going to be fine for consumption. Look at them. <laughs> these... Look at them. They look perfectly edible. So it comes with a sachet of tangerine-flavoured sugar. They look, um, they've, they've got a kind of a lattice covering, which you don't normally get on a pie this small. Um, and they're covered in almond flakes, and they have a nice sheen to them as well. It looks like, like they've been they've been glossed with egg or something. They smell very mince pie like, which is quite reassuring. <laughs> Never know. They look testing. incredible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's not made of bacon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look at oh, that! Look at the heft of it. It doesn't look anything like a mince pie. When you get it out, you see that it's sort of a very thick biscuit with a filling. I mean, it's unconventional, but it's one of the best mince pies I've ever had. Mm. If not, already the best mince pie I've ever had. Even though it may not even be cooked. <laughs> it might be half cooked, but it's delicious. It tastes sort of gingery or something to mm. me. I think it's got Christmassy spices in the in the pastry. It really, it really is a step up. You're not going to uh, be able to enjoy other mince pies now. <laughs> I've cursed you with that. <laughs> Sainsbury's is ruined for me. 
I'm just eating the pie. No, no, no. We'll cut this out, but we're just quietly enjoying them. <laughs> <laughs> what are they called? Heston's Spiced, Spiced Short, short Crust. Let's this see is... if there's any additional nutritional information. This, I is, this is our pick, by the way, guys. This oh, is our obviously. It does, it does contain egg, thing. gluten, milk, nuts, and soya. Don't and then it says may contain things. other nuts. <laughs> <laughs> The first nuts was too specific. It's really covering all bases now. <laughs> it's got some obvious nuts. There's also the possibility of other nuts. Nuts you've never even thought of. <laughs> Thank you, Lee, and uh, happy Christmas to you and yours. Merry Christmas, everyone. Shift, run, stop. So my uh, big news today is that I was featured... Well, first of all, I was featured on um, Southwest News Service, which is a news agency who wanted to talk to me after I spoke at Boring about taking photos of IBM Tills, which I've been doing for a few months and have collected about 40, mainly around Sheffield and London, just when I come across them. I want to stress that before I go any further. I have not on any occasion gone out of my way to find an IBM till. Let's get that on the record now. And it appeared on Yahoo News, where it was one of the top stories on the Yahoo News website. Um, Unbelievable as it sounds. And they went with um, a quote from me saying, um, people are confused when I tell them what I do, or something like that. And a picture of my face and a a till next to me. And this article, which um, had started off as um, an email interview and then we had a quick chat on the phone this reporter and uh, I you know I made it really clear to him what the facts were in the story and uh, you know knowing full well that it would probably change but also expecting it to be quite short I thought it was going to be mainly a picture spread with just like maybe 50 words at the bottom saying you know crazy geek Layla uh, look what she does But it turned out to be quite a long article talking about how I travel thousands of miles around the country in pursuit of my manic obsession with IBM hardware, Um, how I'm obsessed with catching all of the tills and uh, it's sort of suggesting it really has taken over my life. And then what happened was uh, somebody texted me a couple of hours after that and said, you're in the mail, and sent me the link. And sure, sure enough... There's a large article on the Daily Mail. It's actually on the front the front page of the Mail now as well as I'm speaking at uh, half past nine on Friday the thirtieth. It's all it's all a bit of fun. It's there, there's very little depth to the whole thing. There's very the whole project is pretty insignificant to me really. Of course, I, the, the, truth, the truth of the story is I am interested in IBM. I'm interested in lots of things. I'm interested in. Um, the the sort of the hidden technology that goes on behind our everyday life. I like noticing things as I go around my daily business. It, it enriches my life slightly. But as I say, it'll all be forgotten tomorrow. It doesn't really matter. And it's been quite fun to be able to say that I've been on the mail and I've been in the, well, not my favourite newspaper by a long stretch, but um, and I suppose in the Guardian last weekend and then in Yahoo um, on the front page of the Yahoo News for the UK this week as well. And just amazing. And in a way disappointing that it had to be about this but um yeah I've, been, I've managed not to look at any of the comments i've had um quite a few comments i think on both of those main articles my friends have been texting me the best ones which has been nice somebody's just sent me one saying that someone wanted to see your money box 
that's quite nice. I'm interested to see what, what happens next. I'd quite like to get a tour of some sort of IBM facility out of this, if possible. I had a photo from the smallest IBM office in the world, which is at Aruba, and they emailed me saying, we've sent you a photo, a lovely photo of the outside of their office with the sign outside, and underneath the office hours, and he says, hello, Leila, Aruba is a tiny country with a population of about 120,000. However, there is an IBM office. IBM has been in Aruba for over 50 years. One unique thing is that the sign has the office hours listed on it. Have you ever seen an IBM sign with office hours listed on it? Very likely, it is one of the smallest offices in the world with only five, he's written five as a word and then in brackets, the number five employees. Here is our sign. He's done a little arrow, like ASCII arrow using equals and then, oh, so cute, I love it. Um, greetings from the sunny island of Aruba. And it's just really adorable. So that's that was one of the nicest, um, one of the sweetest emails I've had today. I have had several other emails and tweets from gentlemen um, offering me various things IBM related and otherwise, as you can perhaps imagine. So yeah, let's uh, let's see how this pans out. I guess. And now, the answers to Layla's difficult quiz from earlier. Oh, yeah. So, quiz us, oh mighty quiz master. Quiz, the quiz. Yeah, we nearly got off topic there. I'll start with science fiction questions. I can only think of three. <laughs> I'm um, a science fiction author. Are two of them um, about Red Dwarf? No, none of them are, actually. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, defensive. In the 80s TV series, The Tripods, which the DVD was sent oh, to me as a Christmas present by exciting. one of our listeners. And yeah. have you been watching it already? I have, That's yes. too early. Oh, is it? Oh, well, so it's not yet Christmas. Uh, okay. It's, his name's Kerin, and he's um, very supportive of us, actually. Wow. listens to all episodes, and he's really nice. Well, so, he, he um, sent you a Karen. Tripods DVD. He did. Happy, happy not, Christmas, Kerin. Just after I did a tweet saying, I wish someone would get me tripods for Christmas, <laughs> he was like, okay, what's your address? And then, wow. and then a couple of days later, there it was. So thanks very much, Kerin. I wish someone would send me bullion. <laughs> <laughs> In the 80s TV series The Tripods, what alarming thing happens to all teenagers at the age of 14... After which they are never the same again. They get their periods. <laughs> no. Should I say, and then you can cut it or? Yeah, okay. Right. Yeah. Right, <laughs> Lee, does Lee know the answer? Um, is it? It's capping day, isn't yeah. it? What? How does capping day work? Um, they get they get taken into a tripod and have something inserted into their head. Oh. Mm. And it looks like a lady's haircut. <laughs> <laughs> so I I've seen this program, and I've obviously forgotten. I took a photo of it. Wow, it's it. very disturbing. Show someone. Um, and the tripods are a little bit like the War of the Worlds tripods. Mm, suspiciously so. <laughs> um. And the second science fiction question, who wrote the books that the tripod is based on? Is it a John? Mm. Is it a John and then the second name begins with B? Mm. Was it the guy who did Day of the Triffids? No. Oh. No, it's not Wyndham John Christopher. It's not John. John Christopher. Oh, John Christopher. Is it John Christopher? <laughs> <laughs> it's John Christopher. Who wrote, third question, who wrote The Hunger Games? Uh, it was a woman. Yeah. 
Uh, I've read them. They're all pretty awful. <laughs> I, I've got the, the name Anna Smith going around my head, but I don't think that's it. Anna Nicole Smith. Yeah, maybe that's why. <laughs> yeah, she wrote The Hunger Games. <laughs> no, it's um, Suzanne Collins. Actually. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, okay. Name one of the satellite dishes at Goon Hilly. They do have names and you don't need to make them up. I know one of these. Do you know any of them? <laughs> oh. So I've been, I have the, yeah. the advantage that I've been to Goon Hilly. And I distinctly remember seeing Arthur. Yeah, Arthur's the famous Arthur's the one. big one, right? Yeah. What was the first graphics software for Windows in 1989? And what was its distinctive logo? The first... What? Graphics software. For like graphics, graphics manipulation. Software. Well, the first graphics thing that you could... They didn't have any graphics on it. Like before... Uh, so this is like paint or Photoshop? Yeah, but, you had to buy before. a thing okay. to do any drawing on it at all, really. And did you have this? Yes. Oh. Well, possibly not in 89, probably a later version of it. Corel Draw. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well done. There's going to be some yeah, fun editing on this bit. The logo. Yeah, uh, the logo was like a, a paintbrush or a so pencil a of some sort, no? Mm. Hot air balloon. Oh, well, that's, yes. well, not the logo, but you know, there was kind of like a painted Corel Draw word, oh, and then okay. the hot air balloon was on yeah. there. In BBC Basic, say in Mode 5, what colour would you get if you wrote the line code Colour 1? I think Colour 1 might be white. What do you think, Lee? I, w- I would say it's either black or white. It's red, actually. Oh, no. It's basic shit. <laughs> in BBC Basic, what is indicated by the command VDU29 followed by two numbers? Does it mean set the background colour to be the following colour? No. Does it mean reset the screen? No, but you're closer. It, the clue is that it's followed by two numbers. It mean, well, the Does numbers it mean are, move the cursor yeah, to the, this XY position? It moves the graph, oh, yeah, it moves wow. the cursor, because it's too... I never had a BBC, so oh. at my school, no, we played Granny's Garden oh. on the BBC. But changing the words in Granny's Garden was the best bit. Breaking out and hacking the source code and rerunning it, that was, that was the no, best. We, 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 I, I guess we weren't, that, we weren't that advanced. We didn't, we didn't change stuff until, uh, <laughs> until the Archimedes, where mm-hmm. we would rewrite the name of the uh, computer game Frack. <laughs> and I leave it as an exercise to the listener. As to what we renamed that game. Um, which computer language am I speaking in now? And will I have done? And what will I have done by the end? English. Wait. Oh. Line one, home. Line two, pen down. Line three, repeat three sixty. Line four, FD zero point five. Line uh, five, RT one. Line six, end. Well, I think I know what the language it is. Um, is it logo? It looks a lot like logo to me. What um, am I doing? Did you draw a circle? It is. Yeah, well done. Which company made the paint box program in the early 80s, and what sort of things was it used for? Mm. Quantel. Yes. And it was used for doing the graphics on TV programs. That's right. And the, and the weather thing, superimposing stuff, like tripods. It's using tripods. Really? Yeah. Wow. I had loads, loads of people talk to me on Twitter about that last week, so she has some replies there. Um... <laughs> Who designed the first Acorn microcomputer, the Acorn System 1, in 1979? A team of people? Or one who's, person? Who's usually credited principally as doing oh, it. Oh, I see. My Acorn knowledge no, is not as good is. as Layla's. I'll give you a clue. It's a woman now. Now. I was going to say, <laughs> has this person changed gender? Yeah. But I'm afraid I still don't know their name. Sophie Wilson. Oh. Used to be Roger Wilson. Which popular 80s home computer did Margaret Thatcher present to the Japanese Prime Minister in 1983 as a symbol of British technical prowess. Was it some sort of Amstrad? Nope. I only found this out this week actually. It was a Spectrum. Wow. <laughs> I love the idea of her giving the Japanese Prime Minister... Yeah. There you go. Have one of these. <laughs> <laughs> can I play, yeah. Can I play Jet Set Willy on it? <laughs> um, 
What is the name of the dinosaur in Super Mario Brothers? It's the one that he rides on. Yoshi. Yes. And it's not clear if it's a he or a she, given the egg-laying abilities. <laughs> There's an odd hermaphrodite quality to Yoshi that that seems okay within Japanese culture, but overthinking it causes a few problems. What are the nicknames of the four ghost-like monsters in Pac-Man? Isn't one of them called Blinky? I'll accept, I'll accept Inky, Denny. Blinky, something, and Clyde. Pinky? Inky, Blinky, Pinky, and Clyde? Yeah. Which remarkably beautiful game from 1991 had the following in it? A teleporter, a swimming sequence, a sports car, a moon, and a lion. A remarkably beautiful game. Yeah. From 1991, that had a car in it. The car uh, isn't in it that much. Can you give it? Can you give it a hint? The main character has red hair. The protagonist that you play. Is this a French game? No. I don't, well, I don't think so. I have no idea. It's not Street Fighter. No, it's not fighting. It's sort of an adventure. There is some fighting in it. Is it Zelda? No. Okay. It's um another world. That's in French. There. Is it? I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, look, <laughs> you threw him right off. It's, it's, is it's it really? called. Yeah, I, I think it's... Uh, Wikipedia yeah, I was thinking of Another World. Which Lucasfilm game from 1990 was inspired by a classical ballet? Grim Fandango. No. No, Lucasfilm games... Monkey Island. There's Monkey Island games. There's um, the Manic Mansion and uh, Day of the Tentacles. It's got um, music in it. <laughs> it's it, The point of it is music. Right. Well, you don't know. We need help. Give me another clue. Um, the ballet is Swan Lake. It's a game called Loom. Oh! Yeah. Which is all about collecting notes. Um, it's really beautiful. Describe some of the disasters you can unleash on your populace in the original 1989 SimCity. Oh, can you, you do can a Godzilla. Godzilla them. Yes. Uh, and uh, you can uh, meteorite strike them. Could you? Okay, I'll put that. Is there a hurricane? <laughs> Sort of like a, a, a twister. Yeah, city fire. I think you could have a fire. Uh, Earthquake. She's writing them down. <laughs> She's literally writing them down. We're making details, them up. I can only remember about two, and I can only find details about two more. So well, when I'm you're sure setting questions, <laughs> it's best to do the research then. Um, two more questions. In Lemmings, what did the button graphic of two footprints signify? Was it pause? Yeah. Oh, oh. good pun. Yes. Cute. And finally, which video game series had a comeback in 2011 after promising to return since 1996? Duke Nukem. Yeah. And did you play the new one? No, I haven't done. I haven't played the new one either, but the the old one was good and funny. Mm. Uh, I don't know. So I, much I can't wait until Jazz Jackrabbit is, uh, <laughs> is revived. And that's the end of my quiz. Wow. So, um, and do we have a special question for the listeners? Um, we, we may need to make one up Maybe Lee can make one up on the spot Lee, we've got some prizes to give to our listeners <laughs> While he's here While, you're think- While Lee's thinking about a question to ask our listeners We've got uh, three prizes to give away Layla's been sent some uh... I have a Space Invaders alarm clock Which is um, as uh, subtle and um, nuanced the design as you would expect um, But that might make a noise like Space Invaders When the alarm goes off, I don't know And also, from the same set Space Invaders keyring, which is sort of like a whack-a-mole game where you press the buttons um, when they light up. So these two Space Invaders products are going to go out to one lucky listener. 
Very nice. And uh, from our friends at Paramount Zone, we have a couple of couple of Christmas gifts to give away. Uh, we have touchscreen gloves. Uh, now, when you think of gloves that mm. work on a touchscreen, you're imagining those little sort of nubbles nodules that stick out from your finger to allow you to use the screen. Have you ever come across those before? Uh, no, I've come across the ones with the conductive thread in the Ah, things. well that's what these are. Oh, right, sorry. Uh, which is obviously more comfortable. I've had those before. They work really well. So a lucky listener can win a pair of touchscreen gloves delivered to you by our friends at Paramount Zone. And the other one is the iHat music hat, <laughs> the which is a hat with speakers in it. And also, I think, maybe a microphone so that you can conduct phone calls with your hat i have not tried the <laughs> i hat music hat but it we sounds quite intriguing live in the future <laughs> where we can conduct telephone calls with our hats <laughs> it's a bit like being capped the tripods thing we're talking about <laughs> <laughs> yeah. if you want to be capped just answer this question uh, and <laughs> and uh, whichever of the answers comes back first to uh, podcast at shiftrunstop.co.uk we will send you send you nice mm. prizes lee Hit us with a hard it's question. Really, it's really difficult to come up with a question that isn't trivially, you know, sort of searchable on the internet. Ah. It doesn't matter if it is, I think. It will still, okay. it'll, it'll still be like nice. Um, so uh, we've got these Space Invaders games. Um, in, in the movie Tron, uh, one of the games uh, produced by Encom is uh, Space Paranoids. And I think the question is, name any other Encom game oh. from the movie Tron. Tron doesn't count. You can't just say Tron. <laughs> right. Any um, NCOM game that's mentioned in the movie Tron as being an NCOM game. Okay. We'll, we'll find a list a, of them. And it's a fictional company. It's a fictional company. That makes games that only appear in the movie Tron, presumably. Yes. Right. Cool. So, uh, so we'll, we'll find that. Any other game that isn't Space Paranoids. So while you're that's not uh, drinking sherry and eating Heston's spiced shortcrust mince pies, uh, get on the email and uh, answer that question and you could win one of three delicious prizes. Don't eat them. Hello you, this is Ian Lee, and you're listening to Shift Run Stop on, like, an iPod or maybe a cassette. I'm quite interested in Lee's um, idea of companies that don't exist, though, like fictional games-making companies, because mm. there are fictional video games in quite a few films and TV shows. I was thinking about that one in... Um, Back to the Future 2, when they're playing a shooting game Wild in the cafe. Gunman. That's right, yeah. So Wild Gunman is interesting in that it's not entirely fictional, in oh. that people in the 80s were playing it, but they were playing it on their um, home Nintendo NES systems. Right. It was one of the games with the zapper. The light gun. Yes. Oh, yeah. in the, um, however, interestingly for um, Nintendo's history, is that Nintendo did produce an arcade game in, I think the 60s off the top of my head which was the wild gunman game it wasn't a video game it was basically a mechanical arcade oh, shooting wow. game that's amazing I so that. it's brilliant. when they produced the light gun game the wild gunman game was a callback to you know their oh, prior yeah. history a physical of me- a physical mechanical wow. uh, arcade devices oh. but the one that appears in back to the future part two uh, was specially built for the movie right and do you own it now? <laughs> it's so interesting. I, I, I understand. I, I'm not sure. I, I think it was quite recently on eBay. Oh, really? Oh. oh you didn't get it. Someone beat you to it. <laughs> I'd have nowhere to put it. <laughs> 
Well, this is very exciting. <laughs> Our friends from the National Museum of Computing at Bletchley Park have just finished restoring a computer called The Witch, which is uh, short for the Wolverhampton Instrument for Teaching Computing from Harwell. It's from the late 40s, early 50s, um, and it's an amazing relay-based machine. It's absolutely massive. I've seen it um, at the museum. But now it's all properly working and in working order, and I strongly recommend you go and visit it if you can. Now that it's working again, they have kindly recorded some sounds of its processes for us and sent the sound files to us. It works with paper tape, and this is the sound of it reading the programme off the paper. This is the sound of its relays running the program. And this is its printer in action. I know you travel on the train a fair bit, mm. which is something I do as well. And do you find yourself using that time productively or do you use it as kind of relaxing time? What's what's your train journey like? Um, if the train's quite quiet, I'll try and do something on my laptop mm. usually. Um, if it's uh, really busy, then I usually just write it off or think about stuff and okay. maybe take notes and things. Yeah. Well, what about you? You, you? you edit this podcast on the train, don't I you? D- I do sometimes, <laughs> yeah, when I'm not working, um, which is something else that I tend to do, actually. I, I try and get a seat, first of all, um, and then get... Um, a table when I can and, mm. and I try and clear my inbox on the way into work oh, that's good. Um, and then on the way home I'll often have built up a few notes that I need to type up or a bit mm. of reading I need to do so I do use the train as a sort of portable office mm. and it's quite nice you know mm. I've got a solid hour sitting down you go first class and, too don't you <laughs> <laughs> maybe yes but I pay for that the government doesn't pay for that oh no I wasn't suggesting no. they did <laughs> well they, they pay me a salary and then I, I choose to use a yeah. scarily large percentage of that to yes. pay for my commute to work because it's worth it right I could it's cram like myself in an office somewhere exactly exactly yeah yes. that makes sense but, so what is it like in first class <laughs> It's quite comfy, actually. Yeah? Yeah, I quite like it. I've been doing it for a couple of months now. And, um, what are the kind of um, upgrades? What, what's different? You get uh, reclinable seats. Really? Yeah, seats wow. that recline. Not All the way? Not all the way. It's not <laughs> flat. It's not like a bed on a, on a first-class flight. Oh. But it's, um, it's comfier in that there's better legroom. Mm. Um, there's more room, generally. One of the big reasons that I do it is because it's less crowded. Yeah. Um, if I don't go in first-class, there's a good chance that I'll have to stand for an hour on yeah. the way to work. Mm. And so even just for the the extra likelihood of not having to do that um, mm. it's, it's worth it for me um, but the other advantage is you get a free cup of tea oh, that's quite nice. and on long journeys longer than my journey to work um, you would also get a meal and oh, probably right. biscuits as well but yeah I like it when they come around uh, with the with the drinks tray in the morning and say oh. complimentary tea or coffee they call you sir and they don't do that um. no I wish they did <laughs> <laughs> they should do yeah. yeah I mean it's obviously a fair bit more expensive but yeah. in my strange lifestyle where I live a long way from the city mm. and then commute in um, I, I do find it's worth doing. Do you ever have to share your tiny table with somebody sitting directly opposite you, such as you might play a game of chess with them? Well, that would be nice, actually. No, there, there are a variety of, even in 
the two first class carriages on the trains that I go on, and there are a variety of seating layouts. Okay. So you can have two seats side by side, mm. um, and I try and avoid those because then you'll be sat next to mm. someone, and you know nobody ever talks to each other. But yeah. oh, it's just that, they'll be that. reading my screen, and oh, yeah. don't don't want to be sat next to someone. Then you get the two seats on their own mm. next to the window, facing each other. Oh, right. This is the second best. This means you're looking in somebody's eye, but obviously you can avoid eye contact pretty easily, and it means you don't have somebody next to you. So mm. I quite like that. And the best best is a single seat uh, with another seat in front of you, but nothing on the side, like an aisle mm. next to you. So you get a, a seat on its own next to the window. Mm. And that's my preference, is to mm. sit in one of those. Even when it means facing backwards, that's always what I will, I will tend to do. Do you get a choice of which kind of seat you end up in, or do they just... But you, or do you, you can just sit anywhere. In you can sit, uh, yeah, there's no booking on the train that I take. You mm. can't book seats at all. Mm. Um, so the choice that I get is really down to how busy is the train when I get on. Mm. The first class carriage I've never seen completely full. Mm. Um, even when it's been standing room only on the rest of the train, there's been plenty of seats. The th- choice that I have when I get on is do I sit in the seat that I normally sit in, which is the second one from the front, mm. facing back uh, on my own, which obviously I will always do. I, mm. you know, if, if that seat is available, that's the seat I'm sitting in. And then if I have to sit somewhere else, then I'll just choose, you know, the sort of the next best. Right. Um, And in my head, in fact, I could probably write down the rules. Um, There's almost certainly a very clear ranking of if that one's not available, then I'll try that one. That's great. Last time we talked about, um, (laughs) just to stop you there, last time we talked about um, trains, you uh, brought brought to my attention the secret switch in the door frame. Have you tried it? I tried it last week and it worked. Yes. And it was brilliant. It oh. was like the perfect moment for it and uh, everybody was like grateful. And wow. And That's the best. And what, what sort of train were you on? Oh, it might have been a Virgin one. I don't know. Maybe not. I can't remember. But the button doesn't really look like a button. No, it's, it's hidden away. It's like a sort of, it's almost like a washer. It's like a the one in the door oh, that really? I saw. It was okay. just a, yeah, there were two. And it was just kind of a semicircle, um, like oh. a, not a semicircle, like a ring of metal nice. embedded in the door frame. Well, it's slightly different to mine, but mm. obviously it has the same, uh, mm. the same effect. Yeah. That's fun. That was brilliant. Also, last time when we were talking about these urban hacks, mm. um, I mentioned the short cup that you can ask for in Starbucks. We've had a lot of feedback about oh, yeah. the short coffees in Starbucks. <laughs> Various people have tried it. Nobody yet has sent us a recording of them trying it. No, and I think the, the person I was relying on to do it, Josh, my friend Josh, um, who was the person I heard about it from actually originally I think said that he might not try it again now because of Starbucks and the tax thing Starbucks what? There's oh the tax, tax sorry I thought yeah. you said Starbucks attacks I was very <laughs> concerned that people were being attacked for ordering a short coffee <laughs> some people are boycotting them for supposed tax evasion Wow. Um, but if you're not boycotting Starbucks <laughs> and you want to try ordering a short and recording it for us we still love to hear because I have seen I saw a pile of lids that I took a photo of that said oh, short lids really wow so I know that it's true they definitely exist yeah well Layla it's been a good year yes I've has. enjoyed it good well I hope 2013 is, is even more fun and exciting and prosperous it sounds even more like the future than 2012 2013 does. I'm glad we've got over the whole Olympics thing. I'm, I can't wait for that to be over. Right. I thought it was over, and then I went to St Pancras Station yesterday, and they put up a fucking Christmas tree with gold medals all up what? it, and it just looks awful. Oh, it's like the, it's like move on. It was months ago. Was, oh and wow! Like it's like the last push. Like don't forget the That's Olympics. Bad. And plus, they look. As someone pointed out on my Instagram feed, they look like dried up Tetley tea bags. <laughs> 
he said he said like why not try drying out your Tetley tea bags and hanging them on a Christmas tree your friends will be so impressed I thought it was nice oh yeah so move on it's pretty awful and I'm sure 2013 has a lot uh, to look forward to off the top of my head yeah. I can't think of what I'm looking forward to in 2013 um, when's The Hobbit out is that before Christmas that'll maybe? be in December yeah. Yeah. yeah there's probably some good films coming up bound to be <laughs> a few films or something yeah. well and hopefully you'll yeah. have a pet I have a pet, yeah, probably yeah. A, a rabbit or a disabled cat, <laughs> or or maybe a dog if I'm really lucky. That's good. Um, and I, yeah. I suppose we should say thank you to our listeners for being there for us despite yeah. our inconsistency. It seems that people get excited when we when we put out a random episode from time to time, and yeah. it's it's nice to hear from you all. So happy Christmas to you. Yeah, happy Christmas and a, and a happy New Year. If you know the answer to Lee's question. Don't forget, email us at podcast at shiftrunstop.co.uk for the chance to win one of three exciting Christmassy prizes. And you might get them before Christmas if we're really, really lucky. Yeah, how are we going to divide the prizes again? We've got the um, conductive thread uh, gloves. We've got the eye hat. The eye hat, that's separate. So yeah, that's, that's two the second prizes. prize. And then the, and the, th- the, th- the, not the third prize, but the other prize. <laughs> the best prize. The, uh, yeah, the other prize is uh, Space Invaders alarm clock and a Space Invaders Keyring. And when you answer the question, if you want to tell us which you'd prefer, then mm. we could try and give you a first choice if you were the first one to reply. Let's yeah. do that. Tell we us can which you one. Make an algorithm for that. It'll... Yeah, we'll <laughs> yeah. use common sense. Uh, tell us which prize you would like. We can't promise that that's the prize you will get mm. because obviously somebody else may have been quicker on the buzzer. Yeah, and I mean, if you think the Space Invader thing sounds slightly more shit than the other things, think about the children in your life and how much they would oh, love... Free Christmas a, present. Alarm. Yeah. Just hand that out. That's it. Put that under the tree. Or if you work somewhere that has, like, a an under-five-pound secret Santa thing in the office, these, <laughs> these might be ideal. <laughs> Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas, everyone. You can follow us on Twitter at ShiftRunStop and send an email to podcast at shiftrunstop.co.uk. Hold up. 